Hello everyone and welcome back to another True Potential Do More With Your Money podcast. It's episode 124 today and since the last episode we've had a G7 summit, we've had a NATO summit and the intention to hold another Scottish referendum. So lots to get our teeth into today and we'll see what it means for your money and your investments with our three guests uh, on the panel this week who are Mark Henderson, Jeff Caston and Greg Langson. Hi, gents, you okay? Yes, good, thank you. Good. Busy week for you or not? Slightly. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah it's good. Well, we Very like to busy. work you hard, Greg. We do yeah. like to keep you busy because we know what happens when you start slacking. It all goes wrong. Uh, Mark's got his jacket off, so uh, you're feeling quite serious this morning, aren't you, Mark? I am, Peter. I am. <laughs> Are you ready to go? Um, yep. I was expecting you to come in riding on your horse. N- no, Peter. No, no nothing, nothing like that no, today for like me. That. No, no, no. Uh, and Jeff, you're looking uh, sharp as ever, Jeff. Thank you very much. Have the markets been sharp over the last week? Tell us a little bit about no, where no, we've... No, not as sharp. No? No, no. no? Um, we've continued just to see the, the volatility mm-hmm. that we've we've discussed over the, the past number of weeks and indeed months that really we've seen since yeah. the beginning of the year. I suppose since the last time we, we met, the, probably the more nuanced evolution in markets has been what's happening in, in bond markets. We've talked about yields moving out, so bond prices falling over, over recent months. What we've started to see a little bit is a, a slight change in that, so bond yields coming in a little bit over the, the course of the week. And that's very much as markets are really grappling with this two-way flow, if you will, between what happens with inflation, mm. what happens with interest rate increases, and what happens with economic activity. Mm. So some rising or increasing concern that activity will start to slow a little bit more and as such bonds offering some degree of of protection starting to price in Mm -hmm. the interest rate increases that are expected but also a slowdown in in economic activity and that's probably the most observable thing in markets since the last time we did the the podcast. Can I just get your maybe all three of your views as well today's the when we're recording this it's the last day of June you know first of July when this is uh, being broadcast so we're exactly at the halfway point of the year, of 2022. What's your reflections on, on the year so far in terms of investments and, and markets and just where we find ourselves halfway through? I think for me, Peter, I'm first of all a, a client of True Potential. So I, I, I love reading the comments on the YouTube channel because you get a lot of people kind of putting comments on there, rightly so, about the way the markets are and almost how are we sitting so calm and, you know, so sometimes jovial. Well, mm. you know, that's just the way we are up here. We're like a bit of a laugh and a joke but underneath I think we're all feeling it a little bit but at the same time you know talking about the longer term investment for me I, I try as best possible not to think of the last six months in a strange way I, I, I log into my client site and I actually set the date range back as uh, for, for all time because I think it's quite easy just to say well from mm-hmm. the first of January to today what's the performance been yeah but I've been invested for now five six years in Jeff's aggressive portfolio and that that for me is quite important so actually to not answer your question I try not to think or look at the yeah. last six months I look as as long term as, yeah. as possible yeah. and that that's kind of my yeah. approach on it so yeah when I when I see those comments about you know the way where mm. where acting I think it's a bit like a swan on the water isn't it and underneath there's a lot mm. of work and activity going yeah. on here but above that we we do try and keep ourselves calm. Well, you mentioned the numbers, isn't it? and you've got them in front of you uh, in the latest edition of True Insight, and that's there online. Anybody can see that whenever they want to. Um, I mean, give us the figure. What is the figure since well, I mentioned the aggressive I'm, portfolio I'm was launched? Aggressive, in aggressive portfolio, I, I went and it, it, it launched uh, 2015. I, I want to say I was one of the first investors. I think I may have actually been uh, up to the 31st of March 2022. Um, 79% returns. 
So that's that's a positive seventy nine yeah. percent return, which is it just it, it, it's that age old thing we've said it on the podcast a lot of times. It's the amount of time you spend in the market, yeah, yeah. as opposed to trying to time it. And we were laughing coming into the podcast room that would get that one dropped in and five minutes in I've, I've managed <laughs> to get it in but it for me that's that that's the truth in in the time i've been invested which for me is quite a short time you know we've mm. seen invested in mm. invested for 20 30 40 years um for me in that five years what's happened well a lot mm. there's uh, been yeah. pandemics and everything yeah. so well, i think it's important at this stage peter what greg's reading out here is the, mm. the latest version of true insight which looked back at the first quarter yeah. you know we're recording this as you said the last day of june mm. so to update the figures from there mm. you know there's no hiding away from what's happened in the, yeah. the bond and the equity markets mm. and we've actually we, you know we had it we had a big meeting yesterday the investment committee we had two of our key managers in to address the committee and mm. uh, jeff and myself were part of that and that the, the there's, there's starting to see signs of optimism in different pockets of the market. Mm. You know, it's it's is it the you know the, the 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 start of things? Well, it could be. And what what Jeff put out in the the morning markets this morning, there's signs of German inflation starting to 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 dampen a little bit, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the trigger. Mm -hmm. If you can see a couple of couple of months of inflation not not coming dramatically down yeah. but slowing mm -hmm. that will be a catalyst and I think we've we've got plenty to look forward to mm -hmm. you know as Greg said it's been it's been a tough six months there's no doubting that at all mm -hmm. Jeff and the team are working harder than they've ever worked before mm -hmm. to get the returns that we've 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 got for, for clients across mm -hmm. all mm -hmm. portfolios yeah. we had do you think that's because people have, under, have, have understood that right now if you're getting into markets right now you're perhaps doing it at a discounted rate. You are, While markets Peter. are down, you're getting more for your money. Is that the reason? part of the reason why? I think it is part of the reason, but I also think that, that there's a great deal of optimism out there and there's a, there's a degree of co confidence amongst our clients. Um, mm. And I think the, this is reflective of where, where the country is at the moment. You know, that we get told constantly about crisis, crisis, <laughs> crisis, crisis. Mm. But if you just go out and you look around, People aren't going down, you know, walking around with their heads yeah. down, looking at their shoes and things like that. They are actually out and they're enjoying themselves. And I think mm -hmm. that that is a, what yeah. I see when I'm out there. Mm. I was out last night at a concert mm. in Newcastle and right from the start, People were up for it. Do you want, do you want to reveal who it was? Um, <laughs> if, if he doesn't, I will. Well, I, I think we'll open this up to the comments. Anyone like to comment on this podcast? Maybe put your suggest, put your, your thoughts on who it might have been. We'll maybe reveal next time Mark's on the podcast. We but, might do. But you, you put your suggestions in. We'll see, see, see if you're as good a judge of, judge of Mark's character as, as we know you will be. But anyway. But the place was bouncing, Peter, right from the start. <laughs> People were there. They wanted to enjoy themselves. Yeah. And it, it just took off. And... Yeah. There's a feeling around the city that you get as well, mm. yes. you know, of, of looking forward to the future, mm. not looking back at what's happened. Mm. Our job is to take everything into account that we see happening, listening to what our managers, that our investment partners are telling us and position the portfolios yeah. that way. I think you're exactly right, by the way. My, my view is that Brexit started some of this on the, if you, the news, newspapers, TV, mm. radio, is that for, for two, three, four years... Brexit was the thing on the news every single night. The latest, yeah. you know, what was happening in Westminster. The and it filled. It, filled, it was easy yeah. putting yeah. together a news program was easy because it was just Brexit, right? That then gets out of the way and then straight into a pandemic, and that dominated it for two years. And now we're into cost of living crisis. Mm. You know, the media are dying out on now a single issue every single night. The same thing, yeah. same thing, because it's easy, well, right? 
Whereas pre-Brexit, I don't remember putting the news on every night or picking up the paper or radio and it being the same story every single night, the lead story. If you take the papers, Peter, the, the latest crisis is Andy Murray being knocked out of Wimbledon yeah. crisis. You know, and yeah. we've really, really got to move past yeah. this. Yes. Well, they won't be able to dine out on that for... Uh, well, it was a one-off event, wasn't it, uh, until next year? <laughs> I, think, I think for me, I was, ta- I was talking to a couple of people yesterday and saying, if there's a crisis, you know, normally a place like Newcastle, northeast of England, would be hit quite hard. Mm. And I looked at a stat, 40,000 Newcastle fans were in a queue for a season ticket mm. for 1,000 allocations. So, you know, a season ticket, certainly mm-hmm. more than the £400 credit we're going to get yeah. in October for fuel... So if people were thinking about that, that's a luxury, buying a, a season ticket. And you're talking Did the thousand who get a ticket go to the same Metallica concert that Matt was obviously in? Yes. And also, <laughs> I, I, I was in that queue and I didn't get a ticket, Peter, so right. I'm not happy about it. Oh, and by the way, that's not the answer to the question. I suppose the other side of that is, what do we use the word crisis to describe? It describes everything at this point in yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, whereas one would argue that, well, yes, we do have an economic challenge, mm. But we also have pretty much to full employment mm-hmm. in the UK, full employment mm-hmm. in, in the US. Yeah. And that is probably something that one wouldn't normally associate with a crisis. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that things like that don't change. But at this point in time, what you yeah. have is a very strong employment backdrop with yeah. record high vacancy rates. So yes. if there are people that are looking for work, there are yeah. opportunities at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And crisis and unprecedented are two of the most yeah. used words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We've just used them yeah. ourselves there, yeah. so but let's not do that again. I think also, Peter, this is an acknowledgement that we're not looking at the world through rose-tinted glasses here. No. You know, we, we're, we're realistic and we, we understand the responsibilities that we've got. Our job is to seek out opportunity when it's there and invest and look after the client's money yeah. in the best possible way. But the key way. is you need volatility to do that. You need ups and downs to be able to find those opportunities. Absolutely, absolutely. And as Jeff said before, you know, the S&P down 20% over mm. a period of time, that does represent opportunity. Mm. But the way that we actively manage money is it's not just taking a blanket approach and thinking, right, we'll dive in here and buy, let's say, the, just a, the total US market. Mm. We can pinpoint where the money goes yeah. and that's, that's going to be increasingly important going forward. Yeah. I think That's the other thing just with that is that you know, volatility, it's, it's an inherent part of investing. One has to take a degree of risk yeah. to earn a return. Um, it also is important about why one should stay invested mm. and one shouldn't seek to try and time markets. Because mm. if you look back through time, forecasting is exceptionally difficult. Mm. Trying to even pinpoint when you want to go in and out yeah. is very difficult as yeah. well. So for, for, for the end clients to try not to time it, leave that to the partners that we're working with, let them to seek out those opportunities and invest. Mm-hmm. Staying invested is, is crucial. Um, mm-hmm. If we look back to, to COVID and we think about pre-COVID mm-hmm. and the recovery that we've seen, but even other problems that we've seen in markets, missing out on some of those strong recoveries can be very, very detrimental to long-term return. Mm-hmm. So staying invested... Yeah. But using that and seeing the opportunity that yeah. comes with that is also, also well. Also I think, as Greg, you said the point earlier that you know you're you're an investor in in the company that you work for. And we're all investors yes. in true potential, so we feel it. But also, we work with this man every day, and Mark and the rest of the investment team. So we know, you know, we know them as people, but we know them as colleagues as well. So we know how hard they're working, and uh, uh, and we know them better than than most, and, and we absolutely trust them to get on with that job. So I agree with what you say, Jeff. I mean, we just leave it to you, experts. Um, let's get into uh, some of the 
the main topics then of the, of the podcast today. And I said at the start, it's been a busy week with uh, a G7 summit, a, a NATO uh, meeting as well. And then this announcement of the potential for a, uh, a second Scottish referendum on independence. Jeff, I wanted to, one thing that was going to my mind in the car this morning was if there's an interest rate rise or inflation, uh, a, new, a new inflation figure is, is announced, you can see a pretty immediate impact in, in markets when you get those, those events. Does a G7 meeting, a NATO summit, an, in, in a, a ref, an independence referendum, do they have the same immediate effect on markets or is it more uh, nuanced than that? They can. Um, I think you, you need to have a very specific so, something coming out of, an, uh, of, mm. a, of a G7 meeting. So if we think back to the financial crisis 2008, 2000, 2007, nine, effectively, G7 meetings were actually very important because that's where you ended up with a lot of coordinated policy response mm. to the challenges that we were seeing in the, in the financial, the global financial system at that point in time. As we move, have moved forward, that has been less of an impact on, on asset markets because it's not dealing with a financial issue per mm -hmm. se. Um, we're, I suppose, thinking about this week, where you did see some impact was there does seem to be a real commitment to increase military spending. Yeah. And that as is government investment. Mm -hmm. Investment's important for economies. It's also important for certain sectors of of asset markets. Mm -hmm. So you did see at the beginning of the week as news was coming out, well, we'll have to increase spending percentage of GDP. Mm -hmm. The UK, we spend about 2% of, of GDP yeah. on on defence. You did see a number of the, the defence companies having a positive reaction to that. Mm -hmm. So if it's very specific, you can see that in, in certain areas. Mm -hmm. I think you're right, numbers or data around, let's say, an independence referendum that does feed straight into to asset markets because it there is potential risk associated with that and you see that in mm -hmm. in sterling and we saw that in sterling um this week so i think it has to be specific yeah. mm -hmm. um, unless it's about a, a consi yeah. consistent um, and what would be the globally. mark just for anybody who perhaps has, has missed the news this week and hasn't really picked up on it i mean were there any particular takeaways for you from the G7 uh, or the, even the NATO summit? You mentioned some, there's some enlargement going on there. I mean, what, what, what were the main sort of highlights or, or sort of takeaways for you? I think that the, for, for G7 and things like that, Peter, the, the, probably the announcements are so diluted by the time it comes through to us. It's, it's it, as Nelly said, it's not worth um, reading or listening <laughs> to, but it, it is. We have to listen to what's happening with that. On the NATO side, this is topical, and it's it's it you know it it leads into one of the things that we were going to discuss today, which is the the ongoing conflict um, Russia and Ukraine, and, and whether or not Putin actually thought about this through, or whether whether he thinks about anything mm -hmm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. But the bringing Finland and Sweden into NATO once Turkey dropped the objections there, that's significant, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's. It's probably one of the biggest effects outside of what's happening to the Ukrainian people that we're seeing now. Um, and how this will pan out, well, let's hope if, if it does happen, it'll happen quickly and it reinforces mm. um, peace in, 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 the, in the Western world at least. Um, but there's, there's, there's lots of other things going on, Peter, and we can't forget what's happening on the ground in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. um, but the, 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 what we can do about it 
as 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 people sitting here is very very little because it's mm. been led at at governmental level. Mm -hmm. We we're, we're kind of the at the tail end of this, aren't we? Through mm -hmm. petrol prices and yeah. and um, yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, other things going up through inflation, mm -hmm. and it's a circle that 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 we've got at the minute, which central bankers are sitting at the top of. Mm -hmm. So everything that's happening with the with the the, the war in Europe at the moment, mm -hmm. um, kind of sits with central banks mm. and that's the biggest um, impact that we're seeing on the portfolios because of interest rates and, and uh, curbing inflation. Mm. Yeah. I think the other part of, to add to that is, is what does it mean for for global activity and, and global growth and really mm. what does it do there and it, it does bring a, a number of concerns, challenges to that, that that have to be navigated through and that I suppose is why there's a demand-led push to the inflation in that, if you will. We had very strong growth coming out of mm -hmm. 2021, and that growth was pushing prices up, and then we've had the Ukraine-Russia situation, which has curtailed supply into mm -hmm. a strong, yeah. relatively strong demand environment. So as such, it's at a further impetus to, to push prices up, and that's really the impact that we all see whether that's as, as Mark says there on energy prices yeah. or whether it's what we're seeing in terms of agricultural commodities you think about wheat mm -hmm. things like that mm -hmm. those are all areas where we are seeing yeah. um, pressure interestingly last month or the, the month of June I should say we started to see some of those commodity prices start to come down mm -hmm which is not really talked about a lot, but the only one that continued to move is, is oil, so oil's in a positive sense. Mm -hmm. But the likes of wheat, cotton, um, mm -hmm. copper, iron ore, they all fell over the course of the month of, of June. Mm -hmm. So there's some mixed signals there. Yeah. You know, you've one commodity suppl massively supply constrained because of the role of Russia in that, be that oil or natural mm -hmm. gas, mm -hmm. whereas others starting to, to, where there maybe isn't the same supply issues, mm -hmm starting to, to reduce some yeah, price. I mean, a lot to make sense of. And, and Mark, you've got, I can see, um, you mentioned the last edition of True Insight, which as yeah. you say was, you know, we're coming up to the next edition. So it's it's, it's perhaps a couple of months old now. But um, to that point, there was an article in there. I think it's the one you've got open there, where we talked around, or your team talked around, um, you know, perhaps Putin's uh, having the opposite effect to the one that he yeah. seemingly wanted to create. And, yeah. and you've written about it there. We did, Peter, and, and the, the final paragraph of the article was just saying that, that you know, the irony here is that, that he, as a leader, a world leader, he's probably done more to promote the, the advancement of alternative yeah. forms of energy. Yeah. And uh, an example of that came out after we'd uh, written the article when BP are investing something like $36 billion in an alternative energy plant in Western Australia, which is going to produce lots of green, um, green hydrogen um, for export into South Korea <coughs> and into uh, Japan. So you, you've got the, the old traditional industries which are investing mm -hmm. huge, huge amounts of money now in, mm -hmm. in green energy. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was, um, uh, you know, I, thought that I personally thought this would captured uh, what's going on quite, quite nicely in a way. You had the, the awful, terrible scenes on the TV of the escalation in the Russian-Ukraine conflict. In the very week that there was a G7, the G7 used to be the G8, mm -hmm. you know, and Russia was the eighth country. Yeah and got expelled in 2014. And if there was a week that symbolised how far back would that mm. country's gone, from being having a seat at the table that would decide the sorts of things you talked about, to now being that's, well, we, we can all see for ourselves. That captures it, uh, uh, I think, uh, Plus you quite well. Plus you can add well. to that sort of the same, the same week that they've 
technically defaulted on their yeah. Yeah. Sov- sovereign debt as well. Now, it's well, just talk a bit about that if you wouldn't mind, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, come on to that. What, it's, what is, it's, it's an what ironic sort of situation. It's as much because Russia's not poor. I think that's the one thing that we have to acknowledge. They mm. they have benefited as a result of these higher oil prices in terms of their their shipments into the, the international market because we haven't curtailed that supply just yet. We've had to work very hard in the background, politicians that is, to come up with arrangements that allow for, for oil supplies and gas supplies to be yeah. curtailed. So Russia has continued to supply the market so they, they're, they're getting paid for that, that oil and gas. Their debt, however, they can't make a payment on it. They can't make the interest payment because they've been made a pariah in the financial system. Mm. So it's a it's a technical default. Um, it'll be, I suppose, looking forward if we look forward and think into the future, as we get to the end of potentially at some point the Ukraine conflict, Russia may come back and try and tap international markets. It'll be very difficult. Mm. You've defaulted. You'll yeah. have to pay an exception. And these were the sanctions that were yeah. part of the sanctions. So that removing were it from from Euroclear effectively yeah. makes it impossible for us in the West to effectively deal with it and for them to, to make to make payment on it. So it's very much a technical thing because it's not like the country is, is bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, but it's in a very difficult place from an yeah. international context. Yeah. Greg, just to bring you in as well, I mean, it'd be part of your role, you speak to many, many of our uh, financial advisors and, and of course they are a good sounding board for what clients are feeling because of course as well as the comments that you talked about that we get on, on, on our social media, obviously advisors pick up a lot of sentiment and feelings from their clients that you then pick up. What is the, what are you hearing? What's what's the sort of general mood at the moment amongst the advisors? What, what's, what, what's on their mind? How do they see the next six months perhaps? I think you mentioned it there, Peter. In, in most cases, advisors are like clients. They, you know, themselves are invested, but ultimately where you have a financial advisor there, they almost feel a, a sense of responsibility for where they've invested clients' money. And I know from speaking to a lot of our advisors the last couple of months especially, is the thing that they've probably taken the most out of the way the markets mm-hmm. have been is actually the information that we deliver to not just clients but also advisors. So we host a weekly webinar for our advisors to give them the, the latest information direct from the fund managers. We do the morning markets, we do the brochures, and actually we've got a, a proactive team who've been contacting advisors. So rather than waiting for, you know, one of our financial advisors to ring us, we've we've got on the front foot, spoke mm-hmm. to them to just say, do you need any information from us? Is there any, you know, anything we can tell you to assure your clients about what's going on? But I think ultimately, and, and Mark mentioned it earlier, but we've actually seen a lot of business coming through. Advisors haven't buried their head in the sand they've used the opportunities to get money invested and to get clients across the true potential so the likes of the impulse save mm-hmm. which is the facility to top up we've seen you know good numbers still coming th- coming through excuse me so I, I think that's that's for me probably the big thing is mm-hmm. our advisors haven't just sort of buried their head in the sand yeah. and gone for a, yeah. a month sabbatical while yeah. things sorted yeah. sorted itself out yeah. we have seen them get right on the front foot and plenty of activity and, and, and to that as well obviously we do have listeners and, and, and followers on this channel who maybe don't have an advisor they deal with true potential direct and for those clients I would always just say give us a ring mm-hmm. you know the team are on hand to yeah. give you the same level of information I think that's good we've got one clear consistent message whether you're a direct client an advisor or an advised client 
we're given almost daily mm-hmm. content. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say, you, you, the point you just made there was that for the many, many thousands of people that, that listen to this and watch this who perhaps don't have an advisor, uh, presumably you, 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 you just said it, but you know, this is the moment to think about seriously either getting an advisor or, or giving our, our team a call here who, can, who, who perhaps, perhaps you've never thought about investing before or ne- never known quite how to do it. But I mean, you know, we are the people, the advisors are the people who can help with that. Absolutely, get in touch. Yeah. What's the, what's the quickest way to do that? What are the ways to do that? Pretty much every way possible. You can call <laughs> us, email, pipeline, ticket, secure message, live yeah. chat, you name it. So yeah. uh, I'm sure the marketing team can drop the, the information of how to yeah. get in touch under the, under the channel. Yeah. yeah. I think, Peter, also it's important what Greg was saying there about the flow of information. Mm. You don't want your investment advisor to be a fair weather friend. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. we've, we've got to be there all the yeah. time and uh, if if covid taught us anything it is that communication and and straightforward honest communication mm. is appreciated by everybody because they can they can read between the lines they can tell if you're bluffing or not and there's mm. at this time it's no place for a coward you've got to be out there and you've got to you know lead from the front yeah. which is what jeff and the team have been doing yeah. i think that, that, that's an important point because you know as you touched on earlier peter it's about yes looking after the assets and ensuring that they're doing the most for mm-hmm. our, our clients but it's also being able to bring that to life for them mm-hmm. it'd be quite easy to sit back and say well it's it's just happening there yeah. but actually it's about getting out in the front foot and explaining what's happening in markets totally. how it's creating some opportunities but creates challenges as well and we have to acknowledge that yeah. but with challenge comes opportunity mm-hmm. and that then ties back to the the ethos of how we think and the role of diversification within that mm-hmm. and also the view about investing for the long term mm-hmm. and it's it is about long term yeah. when one is investing I it's think not about what's happening from week Jeff, to week uh, we talk that, about it but that's that's not as and important. i think that, that's what makes me if you like so proud of this company that we have mm-hmm. not sat back and buried our head in the sand. And it would be very easy, by the way, to have gone very quiet. Mm-hmm. And a lot of organisations have done. But you've got in front of you true insight. This podcast itself is, is you know, we've gone the opposite way. Well, you look, you look at some of our peers in the industry. You know, the, Mark, Mark mentioned the word coward, and I think that's quite fitting. They might send clients an annual statement mm-hmm. at best. Mm-hmm. And that's hiding behind what you're up to, really. It's kind of saying, and even when you receive it, it's maybe two or three weeks out of date. Yeah. Because it's been printed, then sat in an office, and then when somebody's got round into sending out second class by post, that's what we're seeing in the industry versus ourselves. Real time valuations every single day. Now, yes, sometimes you log in and think, "I wish I hadn't," uh, but in the main, we don't hide behind. Yeah. Also, most people might think you're, you're being a bit too positive, but as Mark said, that's not you know that's not about uh, you know people. We're not trying to be too positive or too negative. We're just trying no, to give it straight and also. Uh, you know, um, and be on the front foot. Um, now, you talk about cowards. You can do this segue if you want. I'm not, but let's move on to Indie Ref 2. I wanted to get your view <laughs> on, uh, I, I'm saying no more. Um, so we're, we're going to have, we, we, this, if I just capture we, this we, right. We may have. We, well, we, 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 we are like, we, we, the, the intention to have a, what's called, I think, a consultative referendum yes, consultative, yes. in uh, October next year has been announced. Now, there's obviously a few things that have to happen, such as, Supreme Court's got to give a view, and Westminster government has to, I suppose, uh, allow that. I'm falling into the shop calling it the Westminster government, I should say the UK government. I don't want to be seen to be being partisan at all. Don't exacerbate the challenge. Absolutely not. Um, what do you make of it? I thought well, we'd settle this question for a generation. Think, uh, Apparently yeah. we haven't. So I, I think that, that would be my starting point. <laughs> we did have a referendum in 2014, yeah. which gave a conclusion, and that conclusion was that 
the majority in Scotland at that point in time wanted to, to remain as part of the United Kingdom. Yes. Probably the question there is how many times can you have a referendum? That was viewed as being a once-in-a-lifetime Yes. How many referendum. times in one generation so, can you have a once-in-a-generation? You know, I've, I've only question. aged a few years since then, so it's not really a generational change. So um, <laughs> that, that to me, says, it says a lot. Yeah. Um, where that goes, we will have to see. What would we know that over the next 12 months, if not slightly longer yes. to that October date, could be a very interesting yeah. political backdrop. But again, going back to your earlier point, there'll be one thing then that dominates the news. It'll be that. Yes. <laughs> As opposed yeah. to maybe many other things in the world. And that you've are got a bit more skin in the game than most because you live. I do. I live 10 miles the other side no. of the, the border. Yes. yes. Which means yes. you would get a, a vote, presumably. As well, indeed. Yes. Okay, well, I'm not going to ask the obvious question. I think we can deduce. Uh, Mark, I mean, what do you, what's your, what do you make of it all? Is it total destruction or the right for people in Scotland to have a view? Have, has the landscape changed since 2014? No. Enough for you, enough for it to be, uh, to be warranted. I mean, you know, you should just to play devil's advocate, the SNP, you know, the largest party in Scotland, and clearly they, uh, the, the independence is their main, their main mission. And she said she's going to have a. The next election will be a single issue election if it's if it's not yeah. the referendum isn't allowed. So, democratic sort of mandate or Absolute, destruction? <coughs> Absolutely, Peter. UK's uh, democracy. Um, you said it. The right of uh, everybody in Scotland to have a view mm -hmm. and to have a vote. Um, one of our um, Scottish members of the investment committee yesterday put it a little bit stronger, which I won't <laughs> repeat. Um, but I think you've, it, it is a subject, it might be political opportunism, um, but I think that it's how often you can have this vote. Are you going to vote until you get the result that, mm. that certain members of uh, the Scottish Parliament want, the majority um, in, in the Scottish Parliament? And would you then have another vote? two years later, three years later, to see if everybody's happy with it. Yeah. Um, I think that, that, that I thought it was, it was done with, as Jeff said there, and you said, um, but apparently not. Um, mm. But politics, Peter, um, you know, I think, I, uh, yeah. we could talk <coughs> yeah. for hours about politics, yeah. global politics. If, if, you, if you can take a step back from it, what do you want? You want an open and honest debate yeah. about both sides of the argument. Now, that one could argue wasn't what we saw in 2014. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of water has flowed under the bridge since then. There's a lot of activity that's happened in, in Scotland in terms of policy action. Has it been successful? Yes, mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. I think those are the things that would be very helpful mm -hmm. if they can be debated. Now, will they be debated is probably the next question. Yeah. But having a, an open and honest discussion about it is, mm -hmm. is much more important than a political agenda mm. that sets out the challenges of what would yeah. be there. Timing's interesting. October next year, what's the, any sort of sense on what the logic of that timing is? Uh, not really, <laughs> other than it kind of coincides a little bit with school holidays. Yeah. Um, but apart from that, yeah. probably. And before, and, before, and before the really cold months come in, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to the just quite cold months. I think Peter it probably speaks <laughs> to the challenge of trying to get it yeah. through the, yeah. the, a court. You know, yeah. you need to give yourself a bit of a, yeah. a runway. It might stay in court for, dear knows how long. You, you spoke about 2014 there. If you look at 2016 and the vote that the, the, the UK made to leave the EU, I think what if there's lessons to be learned from that, it means that, that everybody has to have access to facts, mm -hmm. not political... Uh, viewpoints on either side. If you if you give everybody in Scotland the facts, mm. 
and let them make their mind well, up. Facts can be manipulated as well. Well, they can, know? Peter. But I mean, that that cup could be half empty, but it could also be half full. They're well. both facts. But which one do you choose to go with? It's actually totally. It's empty. totally. <laughs> <empty>. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, facts can also be deceiving, yeah, aren't they? Yeah. Or just actually incorrect. And just you're like, the most wise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, yes, you can't have an incorrect fact, can you? That, that's called a lie, I think. And Peter's yeah. just proved he is the politician in yes. the room. <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 I'm not going to go any further. Um, any Scottish advisors spoken to you in the last couple of days no, about no, this? Not as of yet. I did. <laughs> I did speak with a Scottish advisor yesterday, and he he, he kind of tongue in cheek just said he didn't want to talk about it. He had a lot of other things to chat to me about. So, yeah. funny enough, he said he was he was flying into Heathrow, and he says uh, he's going to do a little bit of uh, house shopping down there. So that was quite an interesting one. So, yeah. no, I I I don't think as of yet. I think as as the gents have said it. Yeah very new isn't it I think so there's more props going on right now for a lot of people than correct yeah. about that. you did say at the start though that the that, that was perhaps something which could have had a, or, or did have yeah. a greater impact on markets I mean did, did, it, you, did does, we see it that it does have an impact on, yeah. on sterling because mm -hmm. it, it is if you will perceived then as a risk what does that mean for economic growth what does it mean for activity etc that's where it, it manifests itself because it can't really manifest mm -hmm. itself anywhere else yeah. in terms of Equities are, are, are bond markets, but currency markets definitely reflect yeah. those type of political risk yeah. much faster than anywhere else. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that uh, insight, all of you. Actually, it was really good uh, to get your perspective on uh, on the week that's been. Um, and thanks also to uh, everyone for, for watching as well. Just before we go, actually, I wanted to uh, do a little referendum of our own. Well, a kind of a vote. Um, and and Mark will never reveal the answer to this, so we're going to have to just. You know, we'll have to just see how we, how we maybe his facial expression might give it away. Is do we think it marks gig? See, I'm even using the you said concert. I'm going to call it gig. Yeah. Do we think he mosh pitted? Do we think he was at the front in the mosh pit? So a referendum, a yes or no, and in or, in or, was he was Mark in or out of the mosh pit? Greg, do you think at his gig? I'm going to go out. Out. Yeah. I'm going to say I, in. I would go out. Oh, two outs and an in. Are you going to reveal? The majority win. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. See, who knows? Better off out. Um, before we go, uh, there is one little formality that needs to be done, uh, and I do always enjoy this bit because I keep wondering if I'm ever going to be on this. But uh, da -da -da -da, oh, not again! But Jeff, you are on this again. You are our presenter of the month, and joined by a couple of uh, handsome, the glamorous crew. assistants as well. But uh, wow, some big numbers on there, on there, Jeff. It's over two thousand. That's the the, the night target for us all. Yeah, two thousand of the daily views. Well, I'm going to give that to you, not least so you can straighten up the picture before it goes on the wall. You must have a few of these up the staircase now. because Just keep building them at home. Yeah. I've handed a few yeah. to you. Thank yeah. you very much. There you go. Thank you very much, Graham and Katie. Thank you. If you could just... Uh, I'll, I'll let you just point that to camera two, so yeah, camera two can get a close-up view of a... Maybe even a still <laughs> shot. So later on, when you watch this back, you can you can take a little screenshot and uh, then have that on your phone as well. There's your new phone uh, homepage. Very proud of those. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> More than you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're all secretly thinking, when's it my turn? Um, right, okay, thank you very much for watching. And uh, if you want to have uh, never miss another beat and see the podcast and Morning Markets, of course, as well, all you've got to do is hit subscribe uh, and uh, subscribe to our channel and uh, you'll never miss another one of these. But for now, thanks for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. If you're interested in taking your investing to the next level, or would like to know more about the options available to you when you retire, then download our free guides to ICES and pensions. These are available in the video description below.